0: you're listening to the electronic media collective podcast network yeah it's a mouthful for more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy visit electronicmediacollective.com and now our feature presentation in a world where film studios have pillaged every young adult novel dc every comic book series and frankenstein every silver screen monster in search of the next movie mega franchise. Two nerds. Two movies. One cinematic universe.
1: This is Jasper. This is Randy.
2: This is Melanie. And like my old girl used to say, the less a man makes declarative statements, the less apt he is to look foolish in retrospect. We watched two
1: movies.
2: <laughs>
1: Hi, Melanie. Hi. That, I think that's the first Grawlix-style movie quote we've done on this show, which is ridiculous because this is the movie show.
2: I know. That's my favorite quote from my second favorite portion of one of my favorite movies. Yeah. And it's one of the ones we watched.
1: Coincidentally, yeah. It's one of the movies we'll be talking about on this episode. So, Season Terran 3 No is continuing. Uh, last episode we did what? We did True Romance and Pulp Fiction. This episode is a pair of movies that are not... solely. Like, Tarantino. They're not solely Tarantino and they're not like among his like main Tarantino directed filmography but he directed about a quarter of four rooms mm. and then he also wrote and a lot of people think he directed from dust till dawn he didn't direct from dust till dawn that was robert rodriguez but he did write it both movies have quite a bit of Tarantino in them mm. and four rooms came out between Pulp Fiction and the next Tarantino, like proper Tarantino movie we'll cover next episode, which is uh, Jackie Brown. But yeah, Four Rooms is, I know, something Melanie wanted to talk about. Because I love it. Now, Melanie. Yes. In case people listen to Only GCU and never listen to that other podcast that shares a title with us. Yes. Who are you? Where are you from?
2: I'm Melanie. I'm from here. And, uh... (laughs) (laughs) I'm the one that everybody listens to the show for, because I'm the fun one.
1: Yeah, you're from Garlics podcast. Yeah, I am. Yeah, and this is the first time you've been on GCU.
2: It is. Yeah, we had to do four rooms, because you love it. I love four rooms. I love all of four rooms, but the last two are my favorite. Yeah. And unfortunately, Tarantino's is not my favorite. It's my second favorite. But it is, my favorite, is done by Rodriguez. Who has the tie who to from Dust a, Till Dawn? Yes, exactly. exactly.
1: So, yeah, they, it was a good pairing. Mm-hmm. So, we're going to talk about them. Let's not, it's hard not to just dive right into them. Dive into it. So, which one do we want to do first? From Dust Till
0: Dawn? Yeah, I'm just going to do it in the way I watched it. Do it. The first movie is from Dust Till Dawn, a 1996 movie directed by Robert Rodriguez. Two criminals and their hostages unknowingly seek temporary refuge in a truck stop populated by vampires. With chaotic results, is the it's the synopsis. It's a fair synopsis. It's vague. It's not too specific. It's accurate. Uh, it stars George Clooney, Quentin Tarantino, Harvey Keitel, Juliette Lewis. That was that's who that was. I mm-hmm. forgot. Uh, Selma Hayek, Cheech Marin, Danny Trejo, Cheech Marin. As I said, Cheech Marin. You can say him three times because he plays three different Guy characters. <laughs> Fred Williamson? Yeah, Fred yes, Williamson. that's
1: it. That's it.
0: As I said, it was directed by Robert Rodriguez, uh, written by Robert Kurtzman, and Quentin Tarantino. From Dust Till Dawn. Ah. Had any of us not seen this before? This is like the, a GCU
1: first. This is actually a movie you've seen before. Yeah. We've all seen this movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I've seen this movie several times. But it'd been in uh, quite a long time since I watched it last.
2: I've seen it many 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 a time.
1: What do you guys think? You like this movie? Is this, is this a good movie Is is a bad movie?
2: It's a good movie despite some horrible horrible crap in it.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: It's fun though. And it's just, it's still fun even though they try to play a freaking guitar made out of a torso and l- like an arm or something. It's it's so stupid.
1: That is the dumbest thing <laughs> I, in the movie. I like
0: how that just 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 pops up out it's of nowhere. It's just there, right? Yeah. Out of exactly.
1: <laughs> There's no like transition. It's just as soon as things go bad, like it, it cuts to the the band, and I don't like the torso guitar either because it's a torso with like a leg stuck in the middle, yeah, mm-hmm. and it's dumb.
2: And it like shakes all weird. You can't play a guitar like that.
1: No, it's ridiculous.
2: And then and then later, when they've they've uh, got most of the vampires taken care of, the the band like like does a magic trick and like like poof, and then they all disappear.
1: Yeah, they like explode.
2: I, I guess I don't know.
1: It's an interesting movie because it's it's half like a good movie, mm. and then half like a very B grade movie. Right. And it there's it takes it flips.
2: Oh yeah, definitely two different feels. Yeah,
1: and I enjoy I enjoy both halves. I
2: kind of actually like the
1: first half a little bit more, even though the second half's got the second half's more fun. It's got fun yeah. stuff. The first half does not. You know, it's not necessarily fun. No, no. But it's it's interesting. I can hear Tarantino's writing, it, mm. the dialogue for sure, and you had made a point. You said something about like the characters say – the characters will say like something cool, but then they always just push it a little too far. Yeah. Trying too hard. That's kind of my beef with Tarantino's writing is anytime I say it, it gets a little too cutesy, that's exactly what I'm talking about. Like it's cool, but then he will just keeps pushing it to where it's like – uh, stop it, stop trying so hard. Yeah. Bad motor scooter and stuff like that. Like, yeah. come on. Right. But I like the writing mm-hmm. for the most part in this.
2: I think that Tarantino was the perfect choice for the disgusting pervy uh, Psycho Brother. I agree. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I think this is that's Tarantino's best performance ever. Mm. Generally, he's not very good, but I actually think he's really good in – from, t- from dust till dawn, which is... Ew.
2: You want to come sit on the bed with me and watch TV? <laughs> oh, my God. Run, woman, run.
1: <laughs> yeah. My
0: answer to that would be, uh, no. <laughs> I'm okay over here. Yeah. I can hear it. Where's your brother? When's he coming back? Is he bringing fruit snacks? <laughs> no, yeah, he's,
1: because we'll talk about it more in four rooms, but, you know, four rooms, he gets a lot of screen time and a lot of dialogue mm-hmm. in the part that he's in mm. and he's not good he's not good in four rooms he's not good in his cameo and pulp fiction it's, it seems very unnatural and maybe it's because he's not directing from dust till dawn so he doesn't have to worry about that and he's got you know i'm assuming his friend because they've worked a, together a lot but robert rodriguez directing him so he's got a dedicated director to actually kind of work with him or something mm. or maybe it's just Works with his personality, the mm-hmm. character, yeah, but I think he's actually pretty good and super creepy in this movie
2: mm-hmm. I've noticed in not in, in several of the ones, and you pointed out about four rooms, but he has i think he has a hard time knowing where he's supposed to be looking a lot of times, oh, yeah, and I'm like that should be like the first thing you learn you'd think
1: that's you know the amateur actor, yeah like in four rooms, it's real noticeable because he's supposed to. At one point, the camera shifts over, like, right at the beginning of his segment. Again, we should probably hold this for Four Rooms Talk. But it's supposed to go, I think, from the camera is supposed to shift into first-person view from the bellhop's point of view. And Tarantino sometimes is looking down the lens and sometimes is looking just off the side. Mm -hmm. And then he segues from looking down the lens to just off the side, like, too early before the camera actually – it just doesn't work. And I don't find that issue with this. There's a couple times when it's like – He's just, he's got his like cool Tarantino face on where I'm like, I'll oh, oh, just stop it.
2: He's got a cool Tarantino
1: face. He, he's he got a trying to be cool Tarantino face. Oh, okay. And I don't, I don't, I don't dig it. <laughs> George Clooney. What about George Clooney in this? I, cause I honestly, I, I mean, I knew he was in it, but I kind of forgot it's been so long. I didn't even think about him.
2: I think George Clooney is pretty much all, George Clooney thinks, decided he was the sh- like 20 years ago. And that's just how he acts always.
1: He is just George Clooney.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: I think
1: he's good in this.
0: I
2: think
1: he's George Clooney.
3: Yeah.
0: You know, as weird as I've watched this like again, two or three times now and I forgot he was in there. I totally, and he's like the main character. Well, I think it's kind of because it could just be anybody. I mean, Mm -hmm. it's George Clooney and it works, but it's,
1: he, it's not, his character is not memorable. He's just like the kind of cool guy. Yeah. Of the two uh, criminals, you know? Yeah. And yeah, he is one of the main characters, but. You know, whatever. It's just George Clooney is this guy. It could be anybody else who's a good-looking Hollywood guy at the time.
2: Yeah. Pretty much all of them, you could switch them out with, with somebody else who's their, their equal, and you wouldn't even notice. Like, Juliette Lewis, any other Arquette would be fine, and you wouldn't even notice. <laughs> I
1: like she's not an Arquette, though.
2: But, but she should be.
1: <laughs> she'd come up, and, and Melanie's like, she should be an Arquette. Why isn't she an Arquette? I'm like, I don't know, but you're kind of right. She should be an Arquette. She's got that vibe to her. True. <laughs> the, it's such a weird cast, though. Like, when they're all together— uh, you got a very different kind of Harvey Keitel compared to what we'd seen in the last few movies we watched because he pops up a lot in these stuff. Really? Oh yeah, he wasn't. Well, he was in Reservoir Dogs and Pulp Fiction, and I thought they're no. Mm. I guess that was it. Mm. But Tarantino stuff, he pops up a lot.
0: It's like their best friends. Yeah, he's in like most of Tarantino stuff.
1: A lot of, and I think it's partially, you know. Working with the same directors or writers or in this case, I guess, or whatever, but also it, they're all like they're all Miramax movies. So they, I'm sure, Miramax have. I think a lot of studios have certain like they're, they're big A-listers that they kind of have on contract or whatever it is that keep they keep reusing. I think that's a little bit of the deal.
2: It's like Mickey Mouse is owned by Disney. Well, Harvey Keitel is owned by Miramax. So you know, yeah. If it, he wants to change his name, then he can go somewhere else.
1: <laughs> yeah, there you go. Exactly. I really like the opening scene. Even though it's ridiculous, but I don't know. I like the opening scene, mm-hmm. but again, the opening scene you kind of get a, a sense of it, and I think a little bit more so with some of the George Clooney dialogue. You can't get away from the racism in these movies. Mm-hmm. The closest, again, not to not to bleed reviews, but Four Rooms is the closest we've gotten to something that doesn't isn't just full of like nonstop racism.
2: It, it's true, kind of racist, but yeah.
1: A little bit. There's, there's one, I I guess a little bit. Yeah. I'm not sure. I guess we just, yeah, let's just continue jumping all over the place with this. Yeah. Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo ages. He ages because he actually looks noticeably younger in this movie. He still looks old, but noticeably younger.
2: Yeah. And that's good because, you know, I saw him on a, like not a commercial, but it was a, like a poster or something. I recently, I'm like, dude, Guy, he's like old. He's like old, but he's like an old man for fifty years. I don't understand it. Well, he used to be a (laughs) young old man. Yeah,
0: he did still look pretty old though. Yeah. Well, he rugged. (laughs) He's got. Well, we figured, and we figured a lot of details. He's got to be at least
2: fifty when that was made, because he's like eighty now, right? Yeah,
1: if he's like eighty something now, which I think he is. He was probably like 50-something in this movie, so he and was legitimately He's still old just as
2: ripped. It's just that now his head and his neck run right. Like He looks like he looked like a, when he was a vampire in that. That's <laughs> how bit, he looks yeah, now.
0: Yeah. So when that movie came out, he was 51. He was 50. Wow, we're about dead on. Because he's 74 right now.
2: So, yeah, right right, right about where he was at. He was 51. Oh,
1: so he's not as old now as we expected, though.
2: Okay. That's good. Well, it's because less time has passed than we thought. Whew. <laughs> that's, that's
1: also good. I'm all for that.
2: Yeah. But still, if my grandpa looked like that when he was freaking seventy-four.
1: I do like that we've seen him, Danny Trejo, when he was fifty-one, and we're like, "Wow, he wasn't always old." <laughs> yeah. <He> was fifty-one. <laughs> Not uh, listen, fifty-year-olds and forty-year-olds listening. Not that that's old. Fifty's the new. Well, 22. it's probably the new sixty because our age expend our average lifespaner is dropping, but that's okay. Yeah. is the new sixty.
2: Unless I mean, is the new no. 60 is the new 50 until we switch over to the next generation. And then, then 60 is like the new 80. So, you know.
1: Oh, that's right. If you're if you're that old now, you're probably fine. You will outlive us. Yep. The, oh, I was saying the cast is – it's really weird cast though. Like if you line them all up – and there's lots of shots where everybody's there. Uh-huh. But you got Quentin Tarantino uh-huh. and George Clooney. And <laughs> we don't have to get into specifics of what we were saying. But I think they kind of work as a brother couple because – a brother couple sounds weird, but you know, brothers, yeah. because sometimes, you know, you get, you get the good looking child and then get the child. who's like, Oh, something was a little wrong with those genes. Yeah. Like the, the sperm, you got the weird sperm. Uh-huh. It, it kind of looks like the case with those two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs>
2: you know, I do.
1: Flutie came out good. And then Tarantino come along and they're
2: like, Oh, what happened with this one? <laughs> yep. And her parents were probably like, well, you can see he got destroyed into the stick, so you got to take care of him now. puts a lot of pressure. I
1: actually really like that scene. They really they make his character they make Tarantino's character a super creep, oh, and does. I like that scene. I think it actually plays pretty well when Clooney comes back. I, I would say, I mean, he's still just Clooney, but he does a good job in that scene in reacting. Yeah, just his yeah. To yeah. It. And how they, you know, I liked the little the quick flashes of bloody whatever happened, mm-hmm. and you know. What is wrong with you? Is this, you know, is this my fault? Did I do this? Blah. blah, blah. You yeah. think that's what this is? And just like their whole scene, I actually think that's played pretty well.
2: Uh uh-huh, Me too.
1: But th- you throw them all together, and Juliet Lewis is strange. Yes, I think she's very strange.
2: Yes, she is. And it's because she was she was born in the wrong family. She's supposed to be an arcade. Go on. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and uh, you know Harvey Keitel and his like reverend on a vacation outfit. And mm-hmm. like it's just weird. The cast is very strange. They don't
2: look like they are cope. It doesn't look copacetic. But yeah, the only one who's really supposed to be in that movie and is not interchangeable is maybe Danny Trejo and Selma Hayek. They belong there. Everybody else, you could switch them out and it wouldn't matter. Selma Hayek's got she's she was a
1: big name at that point too. Yeah, and I think she was they kind of a uh, build fairly high when they were promoting this movie. She's barely in it. Oh, she's yeah. in it for like one scene,
2: but she's half naked in it.
1: That's true. It is like. Selma so Hayek, the way you want to see her, you know, it's the, one of those. With her breast boobs. And, and you were saying, you're like, that's not a stripper dance because it's, it's, it's sensual, but it's not like, yeah, there's, it's not mm-hmm. very strippery. but I'm like, but she's not a stripper. She, she doesn't, she doesn't take anything off. Mm-hmm. She's just there to dance and fulfill Tarantino's foot fetish, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it definitely feels like there's a through line of kind of feet. So far, and we've only watched a few of his movies, but mm-hmm. yeah.
2: He's got a good thing. That's, that's okay. A lot of people do.
1: I, I'm not shaming him. Yeah. But, you know, not everybody makes movies about it.
2: <laughs> yeah. Overall.
1: Yeah, we're going to blaze through this.
2: Is it awesome.
1: Yeah, I like it. I, I, It's not amazing. I feel like there's some entertaining stuff when it flips over to the B-horror movie thing. It's fun, but I don't think it's perfect. I think it's mm. it still feel like I don't know I like sex machine I like that a lot yeah and uh, some of the some of the violent monster action is fun and stuff but like it turns into gremlins there's no consistency between them. Vampires at all, no. so my hack looks like a snake, mm-hmm. and some of them are like rat creatures, and some of them like yeah. there's no consistency, mm-hmm. which is fine. They just kind of went crazy, and, but and it's you keep weird. hearing dog howls outside. There's dog howls outside and pig squeals inside, and it's yeah. just all over the place. There's no like rules to it, right? And George Clooney's weapon that he comes up with at the end is stupid.
0: It is, I agree. The I feel hammer. like that would not be. I don't think it'd be use, useful. Useful at all? It'd be super
1: heavy to wield for one, and He'd just like stick it in, it'd vibrate about. Like it wouldn't be that useful if it could like shoot a stake out and then retract it or something. Mm-hmm. Or like if you hit him and then it would launch them, so you could just quick and hit launch, hit launch. But
2: yeah,
0: yeah, it didn't seem practical to me.
2: No,
1: nope, yeah. not at all. The effects are weird. It's a weird combination. Like I like the makeup effects overall, even though, like I said, it's all over the place. But the effects, it's a weird. For the most part, there's a lot of practical stuff, but it's also mixed with that '90s. Uh, morph CG which mm. they figured out they could do at some point in the 90s and then it was everywhere so it, I like that they at least mixed it and it doesn't it doesn't look great they don't focus on it too much It's they're pretty quick little morphs but it's still kind of cheesy but I do like that it morphs from like an actor or an actor in makeup to a phys, still a practical physical yeah. mess of goo and stuff it's not all just like CG yeah. but the effects are okay the makeup effects are
0: fun. The only thing I got that weirded me out was when when Tarantino's character gets changed. He changes like to his normal self with fangs, and then goes back, and he's the big head thing again. Uh-huh. Yeah, sign Sorry, <laughs> Melanie commented on
1: that, and I don't know. It kind of felt like maybe it was supposed to be that's how Clooney's character was seeing him for a moment, but I don't know. There's again, there's no consistency with with that yeah. stuff at all.
2: Yeah, and they had these weird like almost like underwear, but it was all supposed to look like crotch hair or something. I don't know. It was wearing me out.
1: The full body monster, the full body mm-hmm. makeup, like rubber suit guys towards the end.
2: Yeah. So I guess when you become a vampire, you don't have to wear underwear because your pubes just grow out of control and <laughs> cover everything. It's,
0: it streamlines the process. Yep. My favorite scene is the the, the bathroom in the RV. <laughs> he's
2: oh yeah he's like, you called me a
0: nut. <laughs> he's, yeah. like, he's like, wham, hits him with the gun. Julia yeah. Lewis is like, thank you.
1: <laughs> yeah. I, no, I do like – because I like the hit. Clooney's character knows his mm-hmm. brother's – Nuts. all deranged. wrong with him and that he's as big if not bigger threat to the situation than the hostages are. Yeah.
2: And, and I think it, it points out a little bit – I mean we already know he's nuts. But it points out even more so because it's not just that he's nuts and doesn't know right from wrong. It's that he's nuts and doesn't even have the self-preservation pres- – Skills. That, yeah, the instinct to be like, I need to keep it in
1: check right at this moment. Mm-hmm. He'll yeah ruin the whole situation just because he gets caught up on something. Right. And I, I I actually really think like there's kind of some interesting psychology behind the character because the beginning scene where he keeps insisting like he no he told he said he mouthed help me you know mm-hmm. like I don't know I kind of that kind of works because not in that situation but I've known people like that to where it's not like that but it's like. You don't know if they necessarily believe it or not, but they'll just insist on it. Stubbornly insist on a thing where you're like, that's, it's not the case. Mm -hmm. And I don't know. It just really fills in almost everything you need to know about that character in the first opening scene.
0: Yeah. I just like that. I didn't say that. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh.
1: Yep. Uh, Do you want to go with star rating first, Jasper, or should I?
0: No, I'll go. So this is like one of my childhood, you know, movies, which. But this is rated R. I know, which is weird. There's, there's select movies I didn't get to see as a kid. Now there's this one. But uh, I gave it a four, out, four and a half out of five. Four and a Ooh. half out of five. and a half one of my favorites. Ooh, yeah.
3: mm-hmm. Oh,
1: okay. Nice. <sighs> okay, so uh, I hadn't really even thought about it that much. I feel like the first half is like a really good movie. The second half is a a, a fun but bad, bad movie. It's almost like if it was more thoroughly bad, B-grade movie. I could give it a higher rating because there's not that good movie that disappears, you know.
0: I think think that's where kind of my rating came from was it's like it's so bad it's good kind of thing.
1: So I think I'm going to go with 3.5 stars on this. Oh, that's what I picked for you. (laughs) Really? 3.5 stars, which seems a little low. I think if it were like all the first half of the movie, it maybe would have been a four stars. And I think if it were all the second half of the movie – Maybe a three and a half still, maybe three because it's fun, it's entertaining, but it's still real bad. <laughs> there's still bad parts. Mm-hmm. It's not supposed to be anything but. So I I accept that. But I feel like there's better movies that are still in that area of bad, yeah. intentionally bad movies.
2: So I'm going to go 3.5. How about you? I am also going to go 3.5. Whoa. Yeah. And same thing, basically. Even the bad parts are still funny and, and good, even though they're bad but the first part was a, a, a totally solid movie so and if a movie can be good when it has forgettable changeable char- or like interchangeable characters that's a solid movie too so yeah yeah
1: harvey cretel is a reverend character and like it doesn't seem necessary the gecko brothers are interesting but that kind of feels like the first half of the movie was based on a script that was supposed to be the <laughs> gecko brothers that Tarantino didn't know where to go with and was like well here robert rodriguez do something with this yeah they're going to Mexico and vampires, you know. From the T-Twister in Mexico to the Hotel Monsignor in Los Angeles. Uh, the next movie we're talking about is Four Rooms, which was written and directed by Quentin Tarantino, Robert Rodriguez, Alexander Rockwell, and Allison Anders. Mostly split into four sections, and each uh, writer-director handles a section. Starring. Tim Roth, Antonio Banderas, Jennifer Beals, Madonna, Marissa Tomei.
2: Where, who was Marissa Tomei? She was uh Marcy. She answered the phone when he called uh, Betty.
1: That was Marissa Tomei? Yeah. I did not even recognize her. Yeah. Wow. Bruce Willis, Quentin Tarantino, Sammy Davis. How does she get billed a- above some of the other people? Lily Taylor. And so on and so on. There's more people. There's a lot of people. Wait. Selma Hayek? Selma Hayek was the TV dancing girl.
2: Was she? That's hilarious.
1: The shape makes sense now, actually. Yeah, I can see it. (laughs) It's Ted the Bellhop's first night on the job, and the hotel's very unusual guests are about to place him in some outrageous... I want to read this like a cheesy comedy preview movie preview. Hmm. And the hotel's very unusual guests are about to place him in some outrageous predicaments. Is that how they do it? I don't think it is. No. It seems that this evening's room service is serving up one unbelievable happening after another. You won't believe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, four rooms. Yeah, this is weird. Okay, so there, there's... It's basically in an anthology kind of, Uh uh-huh. but it's, they're connected stories and there's the through line of, obviously they're all at the hotel and Ted, the bellhop is the main character. That's Tim Roth. And he's in all four of the stories, of course. Uh-huh. Uh, and then there's little connecting bits as there usually are in anthologies. Yeah. But as I mentioned, a different writer director handles each of the four stories. Um, some of them have a little bit of crossover, but mm-hmm. not necessarily a lot. And, uh, yeah, so Four Rooms. Well, I know Melanie and I, we've both seen this. Yeah. I've seen this so many times. Me too. Jasper. Yes. Had you ever seen Four Rooms? I have not, sir. you have never seen it before. Had you ever heard I of it? I have
0: never heard of it.
1: It's not totally surprising to me. What is surprising is I didn't expect, like, when looking up information on it, it is not well
2: rated. People I, do not enjoy it. I do not. well know What is wrong with people?
1: It was like uh, amongst me and my friends and I was never surprised when, you know, I met Mm -hmm. you and you love it. Yeah. It's very popular in my, you know, amongst the people I know. And yeah. Yeah. Now, I mean, the obvious thing is, and we can kind of dive into, this will be actually easy to tackle. We can dive a little bit into each thing briefly, Mm. but not every section is gold. No, no. I think...
2: There's a little bit that I like probably out of all of them, mm-hmm. but definitely have my favorite. Yeah. And it's outshines the others by leaps and bounds or whatever.
1: Yeah. So, okay. Well, let's, let's run through those real quick. Yes. The first segment it uh, was written and directed by Allison Anders.
2: Uh, of course.
1: A woman.
2: Of course. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and this was The Missing Ingredient.
2: Yes. Yeah. Oh.
0: That one was kind of boring. That's yeah. my least favorite. My it,
2: le- that's my least favorite. But, it, well, the first two are both my least favorite. I don't really care for either one of them. But there are little tiny bits of it that I like.
1: I, I don't like the first one at all. I mean, there's there's amusing stuff. Basically, Ted is my favorite part of all of them, yeah. of most of them. Yeah. And in this, I like his uncomfortable, weird body m- movements and uh-huh. stuff. Like, that's really what makes this one for me. But I don't yeah. – the story is not that interesting or at least – the way it's executed is not that interesting to me, and I don't care for any of the characters.
2: The only part that I like, other than Ted, is she tells she tells them like, – he's a lone female I- guy, and she's telling him the story about their goddess lady. And then she shows them the picture, and she's like, it's like the virgin Diana, whatever. And then it's like this chick in like S&M gear spanking some other chick and, and then you know, dancing around, and he's like – we can't really tell she's a virgin. <laughs> I that's like my favorite part of that one.
1: Yeah, it's a very like Betty Davis mm-hmm. is that yeah Betty Davis type picture. Yeah, yeah. That, there's some humorous
0: bits,
2: but that other than that, it is it's crap.
0: That shows you the first digital picture frame, too. It moves.
2: And it's got t- so there you go. There's that.
0: It does.
1: What do you think of this first
2: segment?
0: Like I said, I thought it was like the most the most boring out of them, but it was. It just, it's kind of, I mean, but Tim Roth was hilarious in that.
2: It's for women and there's no women here, so.
0: (laughs) You don't, you don't identify with, with, it was, there was funny lines though. I will say that Mm -hmm. there is hilarious lines. Mm -hmm. One's I can't repeat on the show. I'm a woe man. You are a woe man.
1: I'm a woe man. The next one was the wrong man.
2: And I don't really care for this one either. First of all, half of it is them calling each other names, and then being like, oh, that's not my name. And then the last half of it is all penis names or, like, nicknames. is stupid. The, I don't know. There might be one or two parts in that that make me laugh, but I can't even think of what they would be.
1: I like this one. It is stupid. There's a lot of stupid stuff in it. I don't care for, like, the the big – it kind of leads up to the – it doesn't really lead up to the big punchline is a bunch of, uh, you know, yeah, what, what what'd they call it.
2: It's nicknames.
1: Yeah, nicknames. But – I like the tone of it. I like the directing in this one. Actually, I think this one, the next one's well-directed and edited and paced. But I, I like visually, I like the look of this one might be my favorite. And I like the performances. I like Ted's performance. I don't mind the name thing because I like Ted's like,
0: Little Lord Fauntleroy. And as he yeah. gets
1: to like get outraged and go on a little rant. And that's fun. And I like the guy. I didn't say his name because it's, I don't know. But I like the guy that plays in this one too. It's his intensity. His eyes, like, there's some shots where his eyes are, like, just bloodshot. He's just like, what? You know, just freaks out. And I enjoyed that quite a bit. The lady in it, she's not bad. I, I don't know. The scenario is is so-so. It's okay. Whatever. I also like it's weird, the weirdness where he gets knocked out, and then there's the bit where he's, like, writhing on the floor, and it cuts to the, like, him sitting there in his bellhop suit with a baby in a bellhop suit, and it's just weird. Mm-hmm. I kind of enjoyed that. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> Yeah, this one's okay. It's not my favorite, but it's it's okay.
1: What do you think of this one?
0: You know, which is weird. I don't know if it's like in alien style. I thought this one was Tarantino. It was just that kind of oh really weirdness. You know, mm-hmm. I enjoyed some of this one, and then it got a little too like weird, kind of at the end.
2: Penis. See, too much penis. Nobody wants that much penis in their freaking episode.
0: I do like some of the. I
1: do like some of the goofy comedy with like where something will happen. Everybody's like. <gasps> That dramatic stuff. Yeah. It's dumb, but that kind of amuses me in this. Yeah. Okay. Well, the third one I don't have to look at. It's. The misbehaviors.
2: The misbehaviors. It's the best thing that there ever was since sliced bread. Almost. <laughs> Almost.
1: The, this is my favorite too.
2: It's so, it's like all these little things that you see, you barely take note of it. And then when it gets to the end. They all come out and just, like, stack up on top of each other for, like, this perfect moment.
1: <laughs> so this is the Robert Rodriguez one. And when we were watching this, I was like, man, I wish Rodriguez was making more. I mean, he did just do an, uh, Alita, Battle Angel, so I don't know. But I was like, I wish he was making more good movies and less, like, Spy Kids. But this is kind of like so – this an element of Spy Kids and stuff, right? Okay, there's
2: an element of it except if Spy Kids were – Starting stuff on fire and, you know. Well, okay, so
1: it's an element of Spy Kids, except it's still made for an adult, yeah. made for adults. So yeah. it's not just well, complete cheese crap.
2: Dude, a Spy Kids made for adults would be awesome. It was the rejected Spy Kids.
1: Antonio Banderas. Mm-hmm. Um Behave. Behave.
2: That, oh, you, nah, you did good.
1: All the lines, like there's a lot of lines, like quotable, memorable lines that mm-hmm. even last night, I don't even think you did it on purpose. We were just, <laughs> you were talking about mentholatum and I was like burn, burn, burn. Like, we just do it. Like, it's (laughs) in ground in us. Yeah. But almost all the good lines from this movie come from this short. Yes. And some of them, yeah, I can't say here. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I do. It sets up a lot of... It's a fun scenario. And...
2: It's your feet. I'm sorry.
1: (laughs) And it does. It sets up a lot of little things. The kid's always smoking. There's the champagne sprayed all over the room. There's, you know, the... The TV dancing woman, who's apparently Selma Hayek, and mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> the dead Grolics, Grolics in the bed, and mm-hmm. the the dirty needle, yeah, and it just all comes together, and it feels like Rodriguez had that last. He's like, okay, so well, here's the general idea, and you come up with the last. It's like a mystery, right? You come up with the last bit, and then work backwards from there. Yeah, and uh, it feels like that was it. He's like, what's the scenario? and painted the picture in his mind and then he's like okay work back from there and put everything together yeah
2: and and the thing that makes it the best the best is that the guy the, that Antonio Banderas the dad comes in sees all this tosses his wife on the floor and is like did they misbehave <laughs> yeah because he's the big threat
1: he's the yeah. countdown like he's got a
2: yeah the kids are pretty good in this too
1: kid actors oh yeah or hit or miss and the the little boy you could He's a little good – like, you could kind of tell there's one thing – it's so stupid, but there's one thing that always drives me nuts is he gets out of the bed and he's got the Vicks on his eye still and he runs on the wall because he's not supposed to be able to see. But then, like, as soon as he runs into the wall, then he's like – you could tell. He just goes right straight to the sink. And I'm like, that kid can see.
3: Yeah, That's (laughs) what I was saying, too.
0: Really? Really? Okay. It's not just I was like, he went right to the sink. Like, even reached for the right handle. (laughs) But, I mean, little kids are
1: usually not great actors and they're both not too bad. Uh, She's good. She she is good because – you know, she's going to be a problem.
2: Mm-hmm. As, soon as, as soon as the dad walks out the door, she's like, They didn't say to call you for emergencies. They said call you for anything, and we'll call you for anything. We're
1: paying you $500. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh,
2: God, dear little brat.
1: And then the, the, the little boy, though, still gets the good, like, he gets a great, like, scared face. He's got the cigarette in his mouth at the end, and he throws it out, and the uh, even bigger flames erupt behind him. Yeah. And he's like, what did you think of this one, Jasper? I guess we should let you talk. <laughs> oh wait,
2: wait, hold on real quick. I'm sorry. Oh no, you, can nope, talk you say, can't but, talk. But little boy thing, <laughs> where he's smoking and he puts his hands over his eyes. He's like, cover it up, cover it up. And I'm like,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, I think the 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 girl kind of sold this this one. Yeah, um, she's a little brat, but but I thought I thought it was pretty good. Um, I think Antonio Banderas makes this one because he he's just. Great acting. Intensity. Yeah. Yeah. He's got the smooth looks.
1: The eye. The super intensity and then the occasional break in that where he's not intense. And it's like at the end where he's not intense when he comes in. Everybody's afraid, but he's like, did they misbehave? (laughs) The room is literally in flames and there's a dead prostitute in the bed. (laughs) Right. And then I also have to mention that it's gross. It grosses everybody out, but it blows me away is just when he finds the dead prostitute we're assuming in the bed or the corpse i guess and he's like what the oh my god what the f is that but the whole time and it's the way it's cut like he's puking while, like ted the Bellhop's puking while saying these lines and it keeps cutting to like the, him puking and the what the and it's just it's so gross oh. it's awesome oh. and the last one is the man from hollywood Obviously, The Misbehaviors was our Robert Rodriguez connection there. Uh-huh. But the last one is The Man from Hollywood. Which
2: should be my second favorite.
1: Is it? Yeah. And this is the Tarantino connection.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: I like this one a lot. It's obviously after, like, they were been partying all night. And it carries the right atmosphere. Like, the, the segment dwells in this, like, ongoing conversation where most of the time you're just like, what, where is this going? Where is this right. going? But it, I think it sells the, like, that they've been drinking all night and all this. Yeah. And then once it finally gets to the point, I like how it's paced. Uh-huh. The worst thing for me in this is Tarantino, one hundred percent. Yeah, he's, he's so bad.
2: Yeah, he doesn't. He's not great. For some of it, he's good at he's he's good at the closing where he says, to sound the closer. Mm-hmm. He, that part he's good at. Anything before that is not that great. I don't understand why Bruce Willis was there. He was unnecessary and a distraction. And same with the chick from downstairs. Neither one of them needed to be there.
1: Well, who looked at the Bruce Willis stuff? Was it you? Yeah. Yeah. I think Bruce Willis and what's her name? Is that well that was Beals, right? Uh, yeah. I feel like they both probably didn't need to be there. I mean, it would make sense to have more than just Tarantino and the one guy there. That would make it uh, I think a particularly weird scene. Yeah. But yeah, it feels like they were just around and hanging out and having a good time. They're like, yeah, "Okay, let's I'll I'll be in this last segment." Mm-hmm. And as Jasper pulled up in trivia, Willis is not credited in this movie, although, you know, he's listed on the websites. Because he did not get paid to be in the movie. He was just did it for free. And Mm -hmm. that is against the SAG
2: Screen Actors Guild
1: rules. Basically union.
2: I guess it wouldn't be as good, maybe, if they didn't have the big long wait to get to the point. Because I I think the long wait to get to the point makes the end that much better. But the most annoying crap thing about this segment is that long stupid wait. Mm -hmm. So, you know.
1: For me, it works in that, like, it's not as effective here, but he's good about building tension through long scenes of dialogue. Yeah. Where really not much is happening, but it eventually builds to a purpose or a point or whatever. Yeah. And in this case, it builds to a purpose or a point. And then once that finally, like, the moment, like, it's revealed and then you're still, even after that, he's got to sell Ted the bellhop on taking part in this. Mm. Also, Tim Roth is pretty good, I think, through most of this, especially yeah. when they sit him down. Like, I really like his reactions to there. Uh,
2: Ted's
1: personality fluctuates a bit from oh, yeah. sec- section to section.
2: Sometimes he drops into the, ca- the cockney or whatever. It, yeah,
1: definitely. And then a lot of times he's still in he, the high pitch. I don't know. It It's yeah. weird. But then when the moment gets there, it's instant. Mm-hmm. Like, it's instant. It's done. He grabs the money and is walking out. And, like, the timing just yeah. is perfect.
2: It's like... Like swap Shit. takes the money yeah. and goes. Yep. And that's so, the movie.
1: Yeah.
0: That almost kind of scared me
2: how fast that was like wham! Instant. no Sharp is the devil himself.
1: <laughs> yep.
0: Uh, yeah.
1: What did you think of this last what did you think of the Tarantino thing? It segment? was kind of
0: all over the place for me. Kind of like just bounced around. I kind of lost track of what was going on for a second, then I got it back when they kind of slow it down. I'd probably say two, it'd be my second favorite, but it was it was intense at the end, but, like, it was just all over the place, kind of lost me in the, on the beginning.
2: Yeah. Well, it took him forever to get to the point, mm-hmm. really. I almost wish—I don't, though—but I almost wish he could have got it lit, like, a couple times, you know? Yeah. Just because I feel Part bad the, for him, because I'm like, poor guy, he's supposed to do it ten times, can't even do it once.
1: Makes it perfect, though, that th- yeah. the first time didn't
2: even—not even once. Like, he didn't even—it really was only a second work. He didn't have to wait— uh-huh. For, yeah.
0: I do like that, too, the little end thing when they're all running out the room. And that one chick's, they're
2: all scrambling and freaking out. And she's like, I'm going to go back to my room.
0: First off, Ted the Bellhop.
2: Is wonderful. As, as a whole.
1: Yeah. I mean, I could see him, his performance annoying some people because it is weird. It's super weird. But, you know, the section like the misbehaviors is really good. But mm-hmm. the movie as a whole, he makes the stuff that sags works for me. So he kind of makes the movie in a way. It's yeah. so weird because his reactions to everything. Is mm-hmm. quirky and strange, mm-hmm. and
2: well, weren't they talking about Jerry Lewis in the end bit?
1: And oh, I don't know yeah. if that
2: was like his inspiration or whatever, but you know the the like being totally like over the top. Well, and the movie st-
1: opens with a very Pink Panther ish cartoon intro, yeah, where it's a bellhop running around oh, and yeah. he plays it like a, ca- a cartoon character. Yeah,
2: good job Tim Roth. That's one of his best performances.
1: It is. It's all over the place, but it's so entertaining mm. and enjoyable why well, I like his little Lord Fauntleroy speech mm-hmm. uh, the and yeah. the way he does his hands. And then when he does get serious on the phone call, he's like, I don't have problems. I got effing problems. Plural. Plural. And that <laughs> is a quote that always stuck in my head and I say it sometimes. So, yeah, Tim Roth, I don't, I feel like a lot of people probably discount his performance of this as over the top and bad, but I think it's very entertaining.
2: I agree.
0: He's he He makes the movie. And at yeah. first, I thought I was like, yeah, it's a little overacting, but then it kind of just plays into the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, overall, good movie? Bad movie? Great Ooh. movie. Great movie. I mean, you could
2: cut it in half and it'd still be a great movie.
1: <laughs> it'd probably be a better movie, huh? What'd you think of this, Jasper? Since you,
0: you're the first, this is the first time viewing. I didn't think it was bad at all. No? Yeah, I thought it was pretty good and kind of nice pace to it, kind of going through all the things, and then just the way he was acting the whole time is just weird
1: just some of the faces he hits makes me laugh every time especially when he hits those moments where like he dives into the, I'm glad you mentioned GIFs, and I'm glad there's some already out there but I'm there I will be making more GIFs of this <laughs> uh, because like he jumps into the elevator and when he stands up just <clears throat> he hits that like pause face <clears throat> and it's so good star
0: ratings just for just for the like the art part of the film. And, uh, you know, putting four people together and make this, I, I gave it a four. Four out of five. Oh, nice. I'm glad you mentioned that, actually, because
1: that is one of my favorite aspects of the movie. I know that other anthologies do this. Most anthologies do. But this was like the quote-unquote experiment of four sections written and directed by, director, by filmmakers that have very distinctive styles and uh-huh. voices, I think, is the point of this. And I had really hoped there'd be more movies like this. Mm -hmm. And there really aren't that many. Yeah. So that's, you know,
2: I wish, yeah, I really like that aspect of this. Yeah, rather than most anthologies you see, it's like, they're like, here's a theme. Now everybody do something like about that. You know, and that's okay. But with this, it's like... It's a little bit different, We have a frame. You can do whatever the heck you want. You know, and we'll pop it in the frame. There's also some
1: interesting continuity issues but it seems yeah. intentional
2: it is intentional
1: because like in the misbehaviors the little girl calls down to the one room with the guy with the gun mm. but she calls him right after she called ted yeah but when you see, hear that the other side of the phone call earlier in the movie ted, ted, ted is in that room so yeah. like there's some interesting and in, feels intentional mm. continuity issues
2: i'm gonna give it 4.3 can i do that no okay halves maybe four and a half okay it's not the greatest movie that ever was, but it's got some parts in it that are that are the greatest parts of movies that I've ever seen.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What did you rate it? Four. It feels three or three and a half. You, you think so? No, I'm actually going to go four.
2: Hey,
1: because it feels weird in a way to rate it higher than. Although, again, I I always say I always say. You can't do star ratings and compare it to movies, but I then always do it. It feels weird to rate it higher than From Dust Till Dawn, but then again, not really, because the stuff I really like in this, I think I like a lot more than anything I like in Dust Till Dawn. From Dust Till Dawn.
2: And From Dust Till Dawn is good. And it feels like two different movies. Well, this is four different movies. And Rodriguez did his parts better, and Tarantino did his parts better as themselves than they did together in that movie.
1: That's a good, interesting point. That's an interesting point.
2: I like the weird things like we'll
1: get to it eventually, but the grindhouse whole thing. I like when they work together on things, but separate. Uh But yeah, four stars because I think it's I think it's very entertaining. Man, it is not well reviewed online. There's I don't remember what site it was. Has it at like one star? And I was like, what? Really? Yeah.
2: You people are insane and you need to get your together because that's wrong.
1: <laughs> but I'm not going to go higher than four stars right now because there are some like that first segment really is so bad, and it's it's Tim Roth that I know, pulls and it me makes me it.
2: sad because I'm a woman, I'm a woman, I should be all for you know us being our female selves, but that really sucks.
1: <laughs> you know, the, even the the stuff the misbehaviors is just about perfect. Uh, the Tarantino part, though, I like a lot still, it contributes to it being a highly rated movie for me. But Tarantino in most of it is so bad. Uh he's he is good at some parts. He's good at when he's being a jerk and flipping out, like doing the typical rich guy, like none of this because means anything to you people. It's all free. Mm-hmm. You know, like he's good at that, but in some of the stuff, especially when he's supposed to be delivering mm-hmm. dialogue straight to the camera. They shouldn't should so should, should
2: have him be like Come over here and sit on the couch with me and watch a movie, and I'll tell you about it.
1: (laughs) I think Tarantino, if he's going to be in a movie, he should not be directing it for sure. Yeah, because he's so much better in From Dusk Till Dawn. Yeah,
2: yeah. So now we do movie mashups.
1: Yes. So, so guys. Yeah. The movie studios are looking for uh, something just real quirky. I guess I don't know how else to pitch this mashup, but they have the rights again. Miramax, for some reason, is in a bit of trouble these days, and they're uh, selling off all the rights pretty cheap. So they pick up the rights to. Jesse's right. I just turned into Dread. It used to be Movie Voice Guy. Now it's just Dread. They picked up the rights to From Dust Till Dawn and Four Rooms. How would you combine these movies into one cinematic universe? Easily. Are oh, you going to go
2: first? Easily. Okay.
3: Let's
1: hear it. Yeah. Okay.
2: So they are just sister. Sites. One of them happened to be in Mexico where, you know, they didn't have as much highfalutin people coming by. So they had to, you know, change it up a bit. Couldn't, couldn't make make it work with the hotel system. So they turned it into a club instead for the travelers that went by. Cause, you know what, truckers and bikers, they're not going to pay for some fancy schmancy hotel. So they made it a, a strip joint bar type place. Uh, worked out much better. Got a lot more traffic in for feeding the frenzy, you know. <laughs> uh, and in L.A. though, or whatever yeah, it was, L.A. Yeah. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta, you know, kind of spruce stuff up, make it, make it shiny and pretty to to get all the like want to be movie people's eyes are glowing. and then 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 they come running. And they might have a little bit of an issue with the disposal. They need to stop putting them in the middle of beds, but <laughs> <laughs> but they totally got their stuff set up right, where you can't even tell that it's a pyramid anymore. And <laughs> they just have, like, a chute in the center that all, the, all of it goes down, and then they have, you know, they have the workshop in below.
1: Nice. <sighs> yep. Is that why there's witches and stuff there all the time?
2: Well, of course. <laughs> well, of course. <laughs> the, the occult is always welcome at the, what is it called? M- Monsieur. Monsignor?
1: yeah, I like that. The
2: Colts always welcome.
1: That's a good pitch. Thanks. You got one, Jasper.
0: Mine was the the guy in um, from Dust Till Dawn, Fred Williamson. He is a special monster hunter. Okay. Okay. From his Nam, nam days. Nam days. Okay. I was going to make the girl in the in the pool in the first part of War Rooms is the is the uh, is Salma Hayek, but she didn't look like her. So
2: she was the dancing girl on TV.
0: Yeah. Yeah. She's mesmerizing everybody in the hotel. But anyway, that's how far I went, <laughs> and I lost it. So, you're fired. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I had something. There's no
2: sign. They have their sister. My my dine, Sorry, they're, they're she's she, winning right now. Their sister uh, peoples from Mexico. They're like, well, you can make us since you're doing a T bar anyway. Make us some cheap uh, shows for what for our TVs, so we don't have to you know actually buy the services. Cheaper for everybody. Work together. Let's go. Okay, I'm gonna do my pitch.
1: I'm gonna do my pitch. You think of something because you did not even try a pitch last week. Yet yeah. you didn't. Did I? No. Jesse okay. did his pitch. Right. I did my pitch, and you're like, I got nothing.
2: You can do it. We have faith oh, in you. So Wait, I'm gonna do me, my pitch. Let me work it. Do your let pitch. Me work it.
1: Okay. So here's my pitch. Four rooms happens as it does. Ted Ted ended up coming out with like, oh. You know, at least out of the deal. Maybe more because he got paid, I don't know, 50 or something from the witches. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, though, you know, loose lips sink ships. And somebody, when they took what's-his-name into the hospital, mentioned the bellhop's name. So the cops are after him. So Ted is going to take his money and get out of town because he's all paranoid now. Mm -hmm. He's worried about witches coming after him. And he's got, you know, the cops after him for chopping off some dude's pinky. So he's going to Mexico. So Ted goes down to Mexico. Loses his money, he's kind of on hard times. Uh, he needs to find a new place to work. He ends up working at the <laughs> Twister. And so it's, uh, you know, picture Ted dealing with, uh, Twister activities. Mm-hmm. And I think how a lot of his movie would go is they don't nec- since he works there, they don't necessarily attack him. Uh, but he's still got to like deal with all these weird situations and, uh, you with snake women coming onto him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And he's, he's just nervous all the time. And this is basically four rooms, except it's in that Aztec vampire temple or whatever.
2: Mm-hmm. I can see him being like weird and awkward to the point that it almost freaks everybody out until like right before it's time. And then he like takes the off and like locks himself somewhere in like a, you know, like a stone coffin uh-huh. that locks from the inside or something, you know?
1: Yep. I like it. So that that's my movie. It's it's, it's a little light, but there's a lot oh, of potential there. There's a lot of potential there. Seems more realistic than mine. Like I like yours though. Yours was more like thoroughly formed.
2: Okay. You're trying.
0: <laughs> where
1: did the where did the Gecko guy go? where did the Gecko brothers go? Where were they before, maybe? You
0: know what's weird too though, saying that? I thought she went with him at the end of the movie. Mm-mm. I think they meet back up and they start a vampire hunting business. Those two? Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And then they go to the hotel and eradicate everybody and then it turns. So then, there we go. Then, then what's his name? The bellhop <laughs> goes down the elevator and then all the elevators open with vampires. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, That's fun. That's then, fun.
0: Yeah. And then they fight. Siege movie. They fight up the hotel. Up the hotel. Oh, I'm,
1: on, the hotel. I'm, I'm <laughs> on board with that. <laughs> yeah. I'm also going to throw another potential. Maybe we'll wedge it in there somewhere into the universe. Mm-hmm. Selma Hayek's. Vampire sister, uh, you know, Vampire Summer Hayek's sister, is in Hollywood. She's not doing as well as she'd like. She's got some like gigs on some kind of like soft cable TV shows, you know. <laughs> so then we get connected. They, she gets connected up through like she makes a connection of a uh, what <laughs> uh, I don't know. I guess Tarantino director, yeah, guy and all this, and it eventually becomes her trying to figure out what happened to her sister that stayed back in Mexico.
3: Yeah. That's good. <laughs> it was
1: okay. Good movie. I will just try to connect it somehow.
2: Yeah. I like it.
0: Yep. Now, is the hotel, is that also on top of a, a temple?
2: It is in my scenario.
1: Yeah, so if we fit it into that, her her universe, it will be. hmm And then we can get Selma Hayek in a lead movie in one of these. Well, Melanie. Yeah. I'm glad to have you
2: on the show. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm good. I should be here all the time. You are good.
1: <laughs> you... you, you your universe was pretty good. I was. I, I am impressed. all about
2: mushing some stuff together. You are,
1: yeah. Maybe, maybe again this season depends. You know, if there's Tarantino movies, you really are there.
2: Are, is, it, is this just Tarantino season? Yeah, it's yeah, Taron
1: Three. it's season. Well, it's season three, so it's season Tarantrino. Three. Three. Okay. which is not catching on with anyone. <laughs> it's yeah. not. I hashtag it. That's it.
0: Oh, <laughs> oh, I'm. We'll get it. We'll get it going. Well, maybe we need to be like. I'm talking Tarantino himself. We're gonna get.
2: <laughs> stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not gonna happen.
0: <laughs> what? That's from a movie. I was gonna say. I know.
2: We're, we're, we're oh, Mean <laughs> Girls. That's who did I think? And and she's like, that's so fetch. And she's like, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not gonna happen.
1: Well, that's a good segue because, really, I had held off on having you on the show because you wanted to do Mean Girls.
2: Yes, was or it? no,
1: Heather's Heather. Heather's is what I wanted, which to would do. pair with something like Mean Girls yes. perfectly. Yes. So it's gonna be Heather's and Mean Girls, right? It seems at least Heather. You just referenced Mean Girls out of nowhere. Well,
2: oh yeah, but that's because he was he's, you know—he's trying. He's trying to he's make, make fetch happen. Yeah, uh, <laughs> exactly.
1: Anyway, so that's what we're kind of—I was kind of holding off, and then we started season Tarantino, and I was like, well, if we do four rooms, we're gonna have you on there. Yeah,
2: of course. So it's my thing.
1: Yeah, every episode we're doing uh, a Tarantino movie. We're going chronologically through his filmography. By the time we get done, by the time we hit Hateful Eight, which is his most recent movie, mm-hmm. the new movie should be out, coming out or just came out. Um, so we'll actually hit all of his movies. And then something like Four Rooms and stuff is kind of a bonus because for the most part, we're just focusing on the movies he directed. But every episode, we're going to take one of his movies and then pair it with something. So maybe we'll have you back on again if there's something you really want to talk about. But
2: Yeah, let me know what you're doing. And if I like it, then I'll be like, hey, I like that one.
1: Okay. And definitely next season I have a feeling we'll probably start, we'll go back to just a more general movie thing. Yeah. Less themed. The theme's fun, but it does kind of limit us sometimes.
2: Yeah, and there's only so many people that have that much under their belt. Unless you do want to do like Samuel L. Jackson, you could take like three seasons or something. Dude works. Oh, yeah, he does. The Samuel L. Jackson-iverse. Hmm.
1: Melanie, where can people find you?
2: Elm. <laughs> er, at home. Don't. <laughs> okay, at uh dot Yep. And I'm good. Yeah. And so is Randy.
1: Word. And word's your mom. Yep. And so is Jesse and,
2: and occasionally so is Jasper.
1: Yep. Usually. Jasper's been on Grolix twice. Before long before we started the show, you were a guest. And then the Halloween episode. Oh yeah. Yep. Which went up on both feeds, but yeah. Yep where, where can they find you, Jasper?
0: Well, you can find me on Twitter.
1: I'm sorry. Is that a different Twitter? Is, yeah. how, do you spell Twitter. The, how do you spell the tremolo? <laughs> <It's> <laughs> the, the,
0: the, nervous, the nervous chihuahua. Uh, the There's a hey. 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 <laughs> Okay. We're getting close to Fran Drosher there. <sighs> <sighs> Noah, you can find me on Twitter at Caranzo Media, which is K-O-R-A-N-S-O media. And you can find me now on Mixer. Mixer.com slash Caronzo.
1: Mixer sounds like a dating
0: app. It does. Swipe right on Isn't Mixer. It a dating app? No. Okay. Never mind.
2: It sounds like a dating app for people who aren't sure what their sexual orientation is. It, whatever. Yeah. But, Mix it up.
1: We'll see See what happens. <laughs> I'm gonna
2: try, try a little bit of this. Try a little bit of that. Find out. Whatever. Throw it all in
1: the blender and see what tastes
2: good. <laughs> oh. Yep. Okay. <laughs> hey,
1: I'm Randall. You can find me at Randall Silvey on Twitter. It's R-A-N-D-A-L-S-I-L-V-E-Y. Uh, you can also check me out at you, you Jasper's doing the countdown. You really want me to start going through all my links? Yes, I, I want to I, see I how many. No, I'm not going to. Of course, you can find more of this at grolixpodcast.com. It's G-R-A-W-L-I-X-Podcast.com. Or on Twitter at GCU Podcast.
0: Or at grolixpodcast. Podcast. That's gcu
2: I like that.
1: It's G-E-E-C-E-E-Y-O-U. No, it's not. not. (laughs) And uh, also, speaking of your mixer, Melanie, Mm -hmm. there's another place they can find you. They can find you on YouTube now playing spooky indie horror games with me. Yeah, they can. On the Uh, Growlix Podcast YouTube.
2: Growlix Podcast YouTube.
1: (laughs) Yeah, we've been playing some uh, creepy games.
2: Yeah, because Randy thinks that I'm funny when I get scared because... Oh, you're hilarious. I'm not, but, (laughs) you know, I can't help it. A cow falls on me when I'm playing Minecraft. It scares me. I'm going to scream. I can't help it. (laughs) The problem is I'm not
1: expecting you to scream while we're playing Minecraft and it's the middle of the day. Well, then don't let cows drop on me. We haven't been playing Minecraft, but that is kind of what led to my inspiration to direct us (laughs) towards playing horror games.
0: Funny story. I was playing Minecraft one time and I had just taken a Benadryl. And I was digging this deep mine shaft for my friend, and then I was on the top putting the floor together, and I fell down and I screamed. <laughs> oh, I was like, ah! <laughs> so I fell down.
1: Well, you never dig straight down. No. That's a no no. And, yeah, it's dangerous. There's consequences if you die in Minecraft, you lose some important stuff. Yeah. So I don't play that game
0: anymore
3: me. Really? Yeah. I I, I haven't played it in a long time. I Yeah, I haven't
1: played it either, but I honestly, I do miss it. I used to, like, I'll throw it on podcasts or whatever to listen to and just play it. I
3: have the Xbox.
2: And some some hayek has larger breasts when she's breastfeeding, which is almost always, if she can, because it's good for your baby and it burns like seven hundred calories every time you do it. Which means you lose your baby fat like that. And you stay skinny for longer if you, the longer you do it. That's why a lot of more natural people will be will breastfeed their kids till they're like three or because 'cause they're like, I do not want to work out and I don't want to be fat and my boobs look fantastic. So it's win 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 win.
0: She's a nice Just so guy.
2: you know, it, you know, whenever it comes your time to decide